how we lead should be evident in all we do. And it's the same with our values. People will ask me when I lead them through the values card activity, well, should I pick my work values or my home values? And so we really start the session there because the question is, well, tell me why you feel there are two different sets of values. So we might do a little initial exploration before diving in if there is some misunderstanding about the role of values. And sometimes it's it's nobody's fault. It's the individual leader, you know, they grow up in a position where they mm-hmm. need these organizational values and an organizational mission. And they don't necessarily have the opportunity to think about how that applies to them on an individual personal level. So it can be a a shift in thinking around, oh my, you mean I can have a personal mission? I can have personal values? And that understanding that today's holistic leader is able to align and integrate the head, the heart, the hands, the mind, the body, spirit, in order to live out their values, regardless of what environment they're in. Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop. I've been in different leadership positions over the last seven years, and the most rewarding thing is when I'm able to help women on their way to a promotion or a better position with another company. I'm here to help so many more women see their potential and implement small changes every day to make a huge impact in their career. I focus on confidence, self-awareness, communication, growth mindset, networking, and more. If you're ready to believe in yourself and take action, you're in the right place. Let's go. Today's guest is Angie Chaplin. She is known nationally for her mastery of content and connection. Angie Chaplin is a leadership coach, speaker, facilitator, author, and educator with more than 25 years of work in human resources and organizational leadership. As founder, CEO of Mindful Leadership, and a certified master coach and coach for the Leadership Challenge, Angie's story of leveraging leadership lessons to overcome adversity is not only an inspiration, but also a call to action. Angie is my first guest that I ever had to reschedule a podcast recording. I try to really stick and work around my schedule to my podcast recordings and unfortunately hit some traffic the first time that we tried to connect together and then this second time we connected we ended up having some internet connecting issues so Angie ended up joining via her iPhone which is still pretty great quality but I recognized as I was commenting as I normally do throughout the conversations that when I would comment it would kind of cut her off for a moment so I stopped commenting as often and that seemed to help but there are slight blips in the audio it still sounds great and I hope that you're able to hear the full message and uh, truly get the best out of this episode with Angie Chaplin it is such great content and I look forward to hearing your feedback so with that being said we'll jump right into today's episode 
All right, everyone. I am so happy to have Angie Chaplin here with me today. Angie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be talking with you. Yes, yes. So excited. Angie and I met through an introduction. Many people, whether they want to get a message out there, whether they have books coming out, I get emails pretty frequently, which is amazing. People pitching me podcast guests and I turn quite a bit away. But when I read about Angie, I thought I have to have her on the show. So I am really uh, looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you. I'll give you a moment to introduce yourself both personally, professionally, whatever you'd like to share uh, with the listeners today. Thanks again. I am Angie Chaplin, and the easiest way to describe my position is that I am the founder and owner of a leadership consulting and coaching practice called Mindful Leadership, and I am based in Iowa but certainly one of the gifts of 2020 is Mm -hmm. that we are able to partner with leaders across the world. And that has expanded my ability to learn and to grow from the leaders who contact me to help them learn and grow. So it is very much a partnership with the businesses and organizations and individual leaders that I work with. I am a certified master and coach for the internationally best-selling business book, The Leadership Challenge. And much of my business partnerships focus on the five practices of exemplary leadership from the leadership challenge and combining that framework with my own intention around mindfulness and mindful behavior is what led to bringing both of those together and creating mindful leadership. That also leads me to my other leadership role, and that is as a mom to two college leaders. I have two sons in college, one at the University of Northern Iowa, and the other is at the University of Iowa. So I also get to learn and grow with them as they're learning (laughs) and growing as student leaders in college. Yes, I love that. Well, I'm so grateful to have you on the show today and excited for what we're going to be talking about. What got you into this line of work? I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey and what really led you into it, because this is something that you've started more recently, correct? Correct. I launched Mindful Leadership in October of 2020. Awesome. Great. Yeah. If you could share a little bit more about that, that would be great. Sure. Prior to that, really over 20 years of my professional career had been spent working in organizational development and human resources. I also was a faculty member as an adjunct for Seton Hall University, which is where I earned my master's degree, as well as several undergraduate institutions. So I was also involved in higher education and some academic roles besides the HR and the organizational leadership side of things. And when I 
started working in HR, it was still a new industry. When I went Mm -hmm. to college, there wasn't a major for human resources. It wasn't even a thing back then. Interesting. I'm sounding so old, but it just wasn't, it wasn't the, the trend or the pattern that we see in more contemporary businesses. But within HR, one of my specialties was always internal communications. So mm-hmm. I was working closely with supervisors and helping them manage their relationships with the people in their department, also with colleagues. It was the same time that I became certified in utilizing DISC behavior assessments. Mm-hmm. So I, I started using the understanding of the facts that we don't all communicate the same way. We don't all lead the same way. We don't all manage the same way and started studying really the nuances of strategic communication and leadership. And then that's what expanded my opportunities in the academic world. And I then pursued my own graduate degree at Seton Hall in those two areas. And that's kind of when I figured out what my passion and my purpose were in leadership and connected with the leader within me and how I could use my skills built on my passion and my purpose to be able Mm -hmm. to help others identify more closely with their leaders within. I love that because for so long I had poor HR leaders in some of the organizations that I worked in. And it felt so like you only saw them when you were in trouble, which I certainly had my rebellious days, or they felt so strict in a lot of ways. And some of that changed when I had started to grow into these bigger companies or to some of these startups that had adopted different types of HR leadership. And when I started seeing, wow, some of these HR people truly do care about people and processes, not just processes. So it's been cool to see kind of both sides in that evolving. Some of my favorite people have been born and raised in a sense in that kind of HR field. So I I love that you transition that into your love and passion for people and, and helping be a great leader to your business now and it's very similar to I feel like what I've done in my business is how I want to help people in that entry level aspect and wanting to help them learn and grow so then I launched a a business out of that and and that's so cool that your focus now is specifically those leaders that you can help and so you're not kind of in the weeds with a lot of the payroll or SOPs and that kind of thing of of hiring and firing and all of that. So thank you so much for sharing. That's right. Yes, it very much is a emphasis on the strategy versus the operations. They Mm -hmm. both need to work and play well together, but seeing leadership as strategic and management as operational you help those two sides of the organization really appreciate and understand each other better 
And the greater result is that the organization is more successful and Mm -hmm. each individual contributor for that organization can be more successful as well. Yeah, I agree. So on our pre-call, we talked a little bit more about your story kind of at a higher level, some things that really impacted you. And if you're open to sharing, I'd love to hear more about you had a hospitalization in February of 2020. So I'd love if you feel comfortable being vulnerable about that experience and what changed for you. Yes, absolutely. I'm very transparent about my story of struggle because it's through my struggles that I found my greatest strength. And just as life tends to do sometimes, I got in my own way. And my struggle was um, about over a period of about 10 years with alcohol addiction. And I really lost my sense of self. So the leader, the confidence, the self-awareness that I had built prior to my, my struggle really, I thought, went away. What I was mm-hmm. doing was really just stuffing all of that down because I didn't feel that I was capable or that I was worthy or that I was, you know, fill in the blank, good enough, strong yes. enough enough, pretty enough, whatever it was. And unfortunately, that took a very significant impact on my life, of course, but also on my physical health. And I was hospitalized five different occasions between December of 2018 and then February of 2020 and all of them were related to an overconsumption of alcohol and wow. not just to the point of you know you might think of a stereotypical stumbling drunk but to the point that i was pre-seizure level because my electrolytes would get wow. so dangerously low and my pancreas was not functioning properly. My liver was not functioning properly. So the fifth time in February of 2020, I was in the intensive care unit for a week and don't remember a lot of that week. But what I do remember is is not a memory I like to hold on to it, it I, it's yeah. my mindfulness work. It will come mm-hmm. through my mind and I will acknowledge it and I will move on because acknowledging it allows me to really focus on the lessons that it taught me. And when I got out of the hospital, I had a doctor who was very blunt and said to me, you can continue to drink and you will die. And it wasn't said in a way that, you know, your health will continue to deteriorate. And he was very blunt that if you drink, you will die. Or he said, you can stop drinking and give yourself a chance at a better life. I think it was the direct way that he said it that my mind, my body, and my spirit, I think all just said, we've had enough. 
And mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to give myself a chance at a better life. So I went into outpatient treatment and was involved in nine hours a week of in-person individual as well as group counseling, substance abuse counseling. So again, this was February of last year, a few weeks into my treatment, we have COVID and things shut down and in-person sessions are put on hold and my structure, my routine was halted and I needed in early sobriety, of course, as much positive, strong, empowering, Mm -hmm. alcohol-free support that I could get. And it was going back and remembering my original studies in graduate school on the leadership challenge and identifying my values And that became my turning point where I needed to get clear on my internal compass. Mm -hmm. So I led myself, I facilitated my own values discovery session and used a deck of cards that I now use when I'm working with clients to Mm -hmm. help leaders get in touch with their own internal compass to then be able to align what they're saying with what they're doing based on the correlation between their values and their behaviors. So mindful leadership has an even Mm -hmm. greater meaning for me because it brought together the mindfulness practices that I learned in early recovery and continue to practice today, as well as the acknowledgement that it was going back to my roots in leadership that also contributed to my ability to really be moving forward on a leadership journey parallel to an alcohol-free journey. Definitely. That's such a powerful story and so much of that to know that you needed to really stop and not just because it was the right thing to do or for your health that message that you were going to die if you continue drinking is such a powerful message and it's nice that that doctor had the the guts to really say that to you and I appreciate when we can have some of those clear messages and sometimes they aren't easy to hear more so from maybe loved ones but it's helpful when it's from someone where they are the ones taking care of your health and recognizing that you uh, were headed down a a bad path. So congratulations on your sobriety and everything you've done since then and turning your life around. That really is so commendable. Thank you. And I wish, in hindsight, of course, I wish I knew the doctor who said it so I could go back to him and, and acknowledge it. But maybe it was just he was the messenger that had the right message that I needed to hear at that time. And it it certainly was a life-changing moment in many ways yeah honestly you saying that gave me chills because so often i think we feel like we need to go thank the person who helped us change our path or who uh did certain things but i would also recommend to people who 
don't even probably know like how they are influencing others who haven't had the chance to follow up with them. And then also recognizing when things are going well or when someone has helped you in your life to recognize that as well. I think so often we assume that they know that things are how they've impacted our lives, but words are so impactful to share that message. So thank you so much. Now, was there any particular book? I know you mentioned the leadership challenge. Was that specifically what helped kind of guide you along in your journey or what's been most impactful for you in transitioning? The leadership challenge, the five practices of exemplary leadership from that book provided a framework for me to look at my behavior through a lens that was familiar to me right? Mm -hmm. Because I had studied leadership, I had taught leadership. So being able to examine my behavior as a leader, that made sense to me that that was in my vocabulary, that was in my language. At the same time, I knew that I needed more than just this leadership framework. So the program that I searched and and found is one that introduced me really to the importance of mindfulness. And the book is called This Naked Mind and by author Annie Grace. And when I read the book, it all made sense to me that living an alcohol-free life is about so much more than not drinking. And many failed attempts for me was when I just tried to to stop drinking. And yes, that is the physical part of being sober. But unless you deal with what unmet needs you have that you're trying to fill with alcohol or Mm -hmm. why you feel a void in your heart and your soul that you're trying to fill with alcohol until you deal with all of those other symptoms and the source of that of those symptoms then really just stopping the alcohol isn't going to be as effective on a long-term basis so this naked mind helped me do the inner work of why did i drink in the first place what were the reasons what was my why for stopping to drink what were the what what were some of the emotions that i was trying to avoid and wanted to numb or escape and turn to alcohol as a way to try to do that so right. and and that continues to be work it's it's not that you achieve a certain point in sobriety and you think oh i'm done yay me i've graduated There's Mm -hmm. milestones along the way that we celebrate and should, they're worthy of celebrating, but it is a daily practice, just like I believe leadership is a daily practice. So my daily practices are focused and deliberate around recovery and sobriety and leadership. And it was this naked mind as well as the leadership challenge that that really that the two concepts brought together for me. And that was mindful leadership. 
Yeah, I love that. I'm gonna have to check out that book. I think you've hit it on obviously you've lived through it of needing to think of all the other things that go into it. It's not just the drinking. You're right. It's all of the surroundings and uh, like you said, anything that's going into that emotionally and, and everything else. And I think that relates so much to the workplace as well. Putting ourselves in certain situations or not really knowing exactly what we stand for and maybe Maybe it's we don't really know because we haven't thought about it before or maybe it's because we haven't ran into certain situations that maybe test certain things like our integrity or whatever it may be until we're actually there. So I think it's helpful to uh, provide a message to the audience as well of thinking in advance of how we want to be a leader. So often, and maybe you can relate to this as well with your clients, because mine mostly haven't moved into that, but I see so many people really struggle in the beginning of their leadership because they haven't really tried on what kind of leader they want to be. All of a sudden they get promoted and they're like, crap, how am I going to lead my team? I don't even know what kind of leader I want to be. So I'd love to know maybe how does someone uncover what they want to stand for in the workplace or or starting from that foundation if you want to kind of dive in from there. Right. And what I see for new leaders or even it doesn't have to be somebody brand new to leadership. It might be an emerging leader where they're emerging from a middle management role into a senior management role. And what I have seen and heard from clients is that when they don't know what they stand for, they do try to emulate what they've seen. So perhaps they have worked for a dictatorial or authoritarian type of leader. So they try that on, even though they know it didn't work for them. That's what they know. So many times it's trying to be the type of leader we think we should be with a big Mm -hmm. question mark at the end of that. And once we understand that foundation, which again, for me, it's knowing the values, then you can start to look at, okay, so if I value communication, What does that look like in terms of my behavior as a leader? Does that mean I have daily stand-up meetings? We huddle first thing in the morning. Does that mean I schedule regular one-on-ones with each of my employees on a regular basis? What does that look like? And then start to be proactive about putting those types of daily or weekly or monthly routines in place that keep them aligned with that value. Sometimes it it is literally sitting down. And for me, it's using a deck of values cards and physically going through the hands-on nature of that. Because Mm -hmm. when we, you know, when we're doing something, it's our hands. When we're hearing or thinking something, it's our head. And then when we're working with values, it very much has to connect with our heart. So when you're involving the mind, the body, the spirit, the head, the heart, and the hands, then it just sinks in deeper. And it becomes, it truly becomes our way of 
being at the same time that it then becomes our way of doing as a leader. Yeah, I I love how you explain that because oftentimes unless we start trying things on, seeing what we like, what we don't like, it's hard to know what truly is for us. I think instantly of uh, look searching online for clothing. Uh, you're really not going to know how that's going to fit until you try it on. Different things like that. So it's helpful to recognize different traits within those leaders that you appreciate and can recognize, okay, I really like that they do that. I feel respected when this happens. And really take note of that and have somewhere where it's tangible that you can reflect back on that. I love how you talk about your value cards because having those tangible things help remind us, or maybe it's just written somewhere in your office, whether you work from home or in office, something that helps remind you of those values so that you can consistently live those, I think is so important. And I appreciate you breaking that down. As far as learning and leaning into values, what would your advice be for someone maybe leaning into who they are as an individual and maybe what they value? It's important for a, an individual to realize that how they lead in life should reflect how they lead at work. When I first started in HR, there was a much different mentality. And that mentality was you are your work self and you are your home self. And mm-hmm. Never the two should overlap. And I didn't like that. That didn't feel right for me for many years. And I never knew why. I was a worker and I did what I needed to do, but it just didn't feel right that I couldn't talk about my family and the office because Mm -hmm. that was your home self. And certainly then having children, then the lines became even blurrier because now you balance home when you're at work and balance work when you're at home and the understanding that how we lead should be evident in all we do and it's the same with our values people will ask me when i lead them through the values card activity well should i pick my work values or my home values and so we really start the session there because the question is, well, tell me why you feel there are two different sets of values. So we might do a little initial exploration before diving in if there is some misunderstanding about the role of values. And sometimes it's it's nobody's fault. It's the individual leader, you know, they grow up in a position where they Mm -hmm. need these organizational values and an organizational mission. And they don't necessarily have the opportunity to think about how that applies to them on an individual personal level. So it can be a, a shift in thinking around, oh my, you mean I can have a personal mission? I can have personal values and that understanding that today's holistic leader is able to align and integrate the head, the heart, the hands, the mind, the body, spirit in order to live out their values regardless of what environment they're in. 
Yes. Now, do you have somewhere that you maybe recommend? I know you mentioned like your value cards. Is there somewhere that you would recommend someone to check out? Because I'm thinking, especially some of these younger people who want to become leaders eventually someday, they may be thinking, I really don't even know where to start with what my values are. And uh, maybe a good base is, you know, talking with some of their other coworkers or some of their mentors and kind of adapting what they like of what other people's values are. But do you have a recommendation? The place that I would send people, there are values lists online all over the place. Brene Brown has a pretty extensive values list. And it might be that people or even a young younger leader they know what they value they just don't know the word for it Mm. so if they have a list of 100 words or 200 words my deck is 55 words and sometimes people will think oh well the more the better sometimes Mm -hmm. for other people they think the more it's too overwhelming but that's a good place to start is Google values list or go to Brene Brown's website and she's got it posted. You can download it there and then just look at the words and circle or whatever indicate the words that speak to you Mm -hmm. words that when you see it, you feel something and start there. At least it's a starting point. Yeah, we did an exercise with the company I work for part-time where we had this list and we had to select, I think it had maybe 25 or 30 initial words and then we had to break it down and then break it down again, I think to maybe three to five values and that was so hard for all of us, but it was really unique to see where our values were and how they aligned with each other within the team. So that was really cool and I recommend to anyone as well searching for those like Angie mentioned there are several different resources you can find and it's nothing that has to be perfect it can be ever-changing so if you have certain values today they can change next week but figuring out what those are to you so that you can start to kind of shape and mold how you want to be as a leader absolutely and it really is everybody has values and somebody will you know, if they're brand new to start to think about this, they'll ask the question, well, what if I don't have any? Yeah, we we do. We all believe something. It's just having the ability to articulate it and finding the word that captures the essence of what that means to us. That's the hardest part to begin with. It gets mm-hmm. harder, like you described later on, when you have 50 words And you're trying to understand that that internal compass, if you have 50 points that that compass is completely spinning around in circles. And many Mm -hmm. times that's how the leader will feel, that they're spinning around in circles because they're trying to hold everybody else's values as their own or everything's so important that nothing's really important and it gets to be very convoluted in terms of aligning their behavior but again it's it's somewhere and we have to get started somewhere 
Definitely. Oh my gosh, that reminds me of so many startups that I've worked in that like they have 45 goals that we all have to work at at the same time and we're not sure which one's prioritized. So then we think we want to make work happen, but then we don't. And then here it goes a week by where we've made zero progress because we've tried to focus on way too many things. So I love that kind of breaking it down to what really hits you hardest at your core and you said you'll know with that feeling when you see these different words and kind of sit with them so doing it maybe during a time where you're not going to be super distracted and can really have some time to to think about what these words are and how they make you feel and then going from there seeing how those words in a daily interaction with other team members with uh, clients or or uh, customers what that's feeling like maybe it's honesty and transparency and if you feel like you're not able to give that all the time because of the role that you're in how can we adjust that how can we work towards that or how can we maybe adjust or realign certain things uh, within your values that's right and it's important to sit with it like you said and when i'm leading whether it's face-to-face or i do virtual values discovery sessions Every one of them, I begin with a very brief, very simple mindfulness breathing technique. And that is simply to ground ourselves in the activity. If people are comfortable, I will even, I will have let them do a yoga pose. We'll even do seated yoga poses. Just again, to yes. that get ourselves in that right groove to then make that next step forward. That's so great. I think that mindfulness really is something that I realize I probably need a little bit more in, even in my work, is it's constantly that go, 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 and realizing, okay, I can take a moment, take a breath, and when we sit in that moment of being mindful, okay, let's think of some of the things that we can work on, but in a state of more peace, if that makes sense, yep. so that we can have kind of that clarity of, okay, what's what's the next step? What are these different things that I'm working on? Yes, very much. Awesome. So we've talked a lot about maybe if someone likes something else that another leader is doing or a quality or a trait, and sometimes we feel like, oh, they're a respected leader, so I should act like them. Or, ooh, I really like that, but is does it feel authentic to me? So what if someone really likes or respects the leader? How do they take some of those qualities or traits without being inauthentic? The best way to start understanding the behaviors or the characteristics of another leader is to schedule time to sit down and learn with them and ask them, what are your values? And maybe they'll know, maybe they won't, but it could be that when we try on somebody else's characteristics, yes, we can temporarily alter our behavior to be able to be more confident or to be more, to to stand out a little bit more and to be more bold in certain capacities. But the relationship of understanding how that person connects their values to their behavior then helps us understand why would it make sense for them and maybe doesn't make sense or doesn't feel right for me. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's wrong for that person and wrong that I'm not doing it. It's simply because I'm not that leader. 
and to try to emulate that leader, I can do some things like that person, but understand that it's not going to come across the same way. It may not have the same results. It may feel as comfortable to us. For example, we might see a leader and they appear to be very, very strong and very confident. And they seem to have a lot of integrity when they walk into a room, for example. We don't know what's behind the behavior. And it could be that that behavior is intentional on their part because maybe they've just come from a terrible meeting where they felt like a failure and they're struggling, yet they were able to adapt their behavior to the next situation. Mm -hmm. And it's understanding that ability to be adaptable And what that allows a leader to do is to make conscious shifts in their behavior without feeling that they are sacrificing their values. Yes, I think that's so great. And honestly, as you were explaining that, I was thinking and something I hope to do at some point in my lifetime is try to shift companies. It's slightly off topic, but trying to shift companies to align their teams better to the team members that they're coaching. So often, especially in like the call center environment that I'm used to, it's whoever's shift that you're going to be working is the team that you're working with. But we all know we quit bosses for the most part. Most people can stick through really hard situations and crummy jobs if they're treated right. And so often if we don't have that correct pairing between the team member and the leader, that's where things go so wrong. And if we could just readjust that a little bit and like you were saying, allow these team members to kind of try on these different things and figure out what values really are the best for them. What, how could we maybe change a leader that they report to who's more in alignment with the type of values that that team member has as well? Yes, that that would be the ideal if we can get company right. to go that direction, right? Exactly. Yeah, I love how you explained that though and, and how you shared so simply for people to be able to kind of figure out their different values. I think this was so helpful. Um, where can people find you? The best place to find me is on my website, www.angiechaplin.com. I also have my values cards available uh, for purchase on my website. Individuals can schedule a values discovery conversation or a session. Virtual is perfect for this type of conversation as well. And if they're interested in hearing more about my alcohol-free journey, I am a mentor and a peer recovery conversationalist in that regard as well. I love it. It was so great having you on the show today. I feel like people who are coming here are going to see your change, your transformation, all the things that you've done because of that really foundation of your values. So I I know it's going to be so valuable. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, Angie. Thanks for the opportunity, Nicole. You bet. We'll see ya. Bye-bye.
this episode and chatting with Angie was so great and I hope that you got so much information from it on how you really want to be as a leader. Sometimes we truly don't know how we want to be until we're in that actual position and we feel a lot of confusion and imposter syndrome at that point. So it's great if you are tuning into this because you are an emerging leader and you are seen as a leader amongst your peers. So you want to be standing out and continuing to lead these other people in the workplace. I would certainly recommend going and checking out Angie's website check out her values deck cards see if that's something that would be helpful for you and if nothing else go google and search some values lists or values activities i'm sure you're going to be able to find some where you can figure out okay let's start with what values really stand out to me really narrow it down to about five core values for yourself that will help you in guiding where you want to go in your career, how you want to be as a leader, when you're making decisions, if it feels right to those core values, you're going to be headed in such a great direction in your career. You're going to have more confidence because when we don't know what our values truly are, that's where we sometimes flip-flop or we maybe regret certain decisions. But if you have these values and I would print them off or have them on your screen or Have them somewhere visible always so you can always know and rely on those values throughout your life, whether that's work or personal. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Next Level Leaders. If today's episode resonated with you, please take a quick screenshot, share it to your Instagram, and tag me at Nicole.Harrop. I love to see it and it means the world to me. I appreciate you helping to spread the word so I can help more women. See you on next week's episode.